Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today on This Week Health. We're going to solve the supply and demand challenge, the imbalance there, because Everybody in your organization will become data experts because all of the, the information and knowledge is right inside the tool. All right, here we are from HIMSS 2023, and we are in the ClearSense booth, and we're joined with Terry and Govind. I'd love for you guys to introduce yourselves. Sure. You can go first. So I'm Govind Thirumalai. I'm the Vice President of Business Intelligence at Parkview Bill. We are located in Fort Wayne, India, and it's like the north northeast corner of Indiana. So, you know, we cover northeast of Indiana, southwest of Ohio, those Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. First three states. No, that makes it three fun. states. Yeah, it is. It, it's yeah. people don't understand the complexity of going across various states. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And Terry, what's your role? I'm Terry Michael. I've been with ClearSense for about two years now, and I'm a data governance advisor. Long story short, I've been in healthcare data analytics for 35 plus years, and am finally solving the problem of the supply and demand imbalance where we just can't keep up with the need for information. Data governance is the silver bullet there, so that's my role. Well, I do want to unpack data governance. So when I was CIO, we did a data governance project. My team wanted to string me up, but I'm like, look, we, the quality of our data, the definitions of our data, I mean, just so much of it was just nebulous when I came in and they're just, well, we can get it from point A to point B. I'm like, yeah, but we can't use it when we get it to point B or they don't know what it means when right. we get it to point B. Tell, what does data governance mean? Give us, first of all, the structure and the definition. Do you want to tell them our six questions, how we define the scope? Yeah, I mean, so for us, so the data governance, you know, jump into it whenever you want me to course correct or something. But, you know, we were focusing on six work streams. I mean, when I say we, Terry advises us to focus on six work streams. So we focus on the data domains. We focus this on is that. like a test. <laughs> what are the six? Right, exactly. So, so the, Terry's making sure. So, so, yeah, so, what, is, so what are the six? <laughs> so data domains, master and reference data, data quality, analytics community, metadata, data and, and data policy. Terry is forcing us to have a structured approach of solving this. Obviously, data governance is... It's a big elephant, but she's teaching us start eating the elephant from the trunk or the tail. Come up with a strategy. So that's what she's helping us. Solve. You've probably experienced a little bit of the, you start with a data quality issue, but no, it's a bad definition, but no, we have that data in three systems. So which one's the best? So you're hitting all of those work streams. You just don't know it. So by, by creating a structure. Yeah. So we have people focused just on data quality others just on definitions, others on, we've got this data in three different systems, why is it different? What's the best source of truth? So we use a very divided, conquer type of approach to, to get at it. We involve a ton of people. And basically, I'll sum it up like this, here's what data governance is. We provide answers to these common questions. Where can I find what I need? Is it any good? What does it mean? Where did it come from? Who's responsible for this? And what am I allowed to do with it? Think about it. The time that we spend trying to find answers to those questions in the data world. 
Well, we, we don't. What we do is we keep going to IT and say, we need more people to do this. And then the IT team comes to me as a CIO and says, hey, we need to add another 10 people to our data team. And by the way, that was a consistent every year. It's like, we need 10 more people. Because the demands are growing. And at the end of the day, the supply of people is going down. So, it's so think about how we've solved that problem with our other strategic assets. Because we've been down this road before exactly. with HR, with finance, with supply chain. What happens is it starts showing up at everyone's job description. That's how you scale. So we're going down that same sure. path. I mean, you just gave us that set of questions. But the hard thing is when it starts to get used out in the department or out in the hospital, how do we make sure that they have access to those answers? So I am a people process first type of person, but tools are obviously important. And why I came to ClearSense is because we are combining not just your data, but all of the institutional knowledge about that data as well. In other words, the answers to those six questions will be in the platform alongside the data. So it becomes a learning platform. The more people use the platform, the more they, their data literacy will mature because if I'm looking at physician name, I'm going to see, oh, it's the name that's on their medical license or, oh, it's their legal name or, oh, it's their preferred name. It's going to tell me that. I don't have to phone a friend to find out which name it's Let's go down those six paths, because when you're describing that, I immediately think metadata, right? So all those little pieces of information we pick up all along the way, the, the interaction at the front desk where they go, oh no, I know it says William, but I go by Bill. That gets picked up, and that gets put into the system. And at that point, I'm dealing with the EHR, generally. But somehow that information is flowing. It needs to flow out of there and get to our call center. And our call center needs to call me Bill, not William. Because otherwise they're going to say, William. I'm going to say, call me Bill. And that's the, we hear that all the time from people. It's like, what's wrong with the experience in healthcare? It's like, they ask me the same question over and over again. So this isn't only touching the analytics side and the clinical side, it's also touching the patient experience side as well. I'm not sure I formed a question there, which is like my job is to form a question. <laughs> but I do want to go down those six areas again. Give them to me again. So it's data domain. Data domain. Policy. Master data and, master and reference data. Okay. Metadata. Analytics community. Data uh, quality. Data quality. Yeah, <laughs> that cannot be the least, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the first one. What does it mean? So before you can assign ownership and responsibilities to something, you have to divide it up and say, you're in charge of this, you're in charge of this. So we use a data domain structure to group data elements together so that we can assign it to somebody. So you are going to govern patient encounters, you're going to govern medications, you're going to govern lags, you're going to govern images. That's all it really is. It's a grouping so we can assign ownerships. Well, to your initial question, right, data as an IT leader, as a BI leader, data governance is not a BI issue. Data governance is not a CIO's issue to solve or something. What Terry is saying is we group these data together, these data domains together, so the ownership is spread across the organization. When Terry was talking about, when she was giving an example about uh, physicians me, so it's just not a, a BI team to solve. It's more like, yeah, let's have human resource into this mix, let's have your credentials into this mix, and it, what the 
Teresa making us do with the, the right thing to do is to make sure, hey, we are all owners in this together or something. No, I don't have to take ownership. We all ownership. We all take ownership together. So in that process of identifying the data domains and assigning ownership, is that part of setting up the government? And it's ongoing. It's not one and done. The ownership and assignments will change over time as corporate initiatives change. Sometimes you might want to bring things together under one leader so that you can get some horizontal things going on. Yeah. Other times you might want to split them up, like maybe medications is too big, maybe pull chemotherapy out because it's a good bit different than the other meds. So it's not a one and done. You start and then it's constantly changing to meet the needs of the organization. But it is just ownership. Policy. Which the next one? See, I can be taught. <laughs> data policy, does that belong at the higher level within the uh, within the data governance or is that handled? Where's that handled? So, I mean, we go and over is responsible for data policies, right? We work with our CISOs, we work with our compliance officer. So whoever is there to dictate the policy, again, going back to the initial comment, the rightful owner will own that information or something. The data policy, it's not like an IT job. We have to make the right folks take responsibility. Is this where we're defining, like, this data means, like, length of stay? It's always one of my favorites. I'm like, well, length of stay, that's length of stay. And people would look at me like, no, you don't understand. It could mean this in this context, this in this context. And I was like, okay, well, how do you determine what, is that, yeah, does that so come into policy? Yeah, so we do that in the metric. Okay. Here's how I like to define data policy. Governance gets a bad rap. Yes. This is not about red tape, and this is not about slowing people down. You can't give people access to an asset that's strategic unless you give them guidelines. So this is about helping people find answers to that. Am I allowed to? What am I allowed to? Exactly. And, and we don't want them to have to pick up the phone and call IT security or call privacy every single time. We want user-friendly rules out there. So for example, we have to secure site data separately, always have. But has anyone written the definition of how to actually find site data in a data warehouse? Which diagnosis codes, which medications, which procedures, which clinicians? No, we've never done that. So in data governance, we come in and enable them by helping them define things. So we're in the policy space, we're all about clarifying, just clarifying the proper use of this asset, not slowing it down. Alex's Lemonade Sand was started by my daughter, Alex, in her front yard. By the time she was four, she knew there was more that could be done. And she told us she was going to have a lemonade stand. And she wanted to give the money to her doctor so they could help kids like her. It was cute, right? She's going to cure cancer with a lemonade stand. Like only a four-year-old would think that. But from day one, it just exceeded anything we could have imagined because people responded so generously to her. We are working to give back and are excited to partner with Alex's Lemonade Stand this year. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. At Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, they understand the personal side of the diagnosis, the resources needed, and the impact that funded research can have for better treatments and more cures. You can get more information about them at alexslemonade.org. We are asking you to join us. You can hit our website. There's a banner at the top and it says Alex's Lemonade Stand there. You can click on that and give money directly to the Lemonade Stand itself. Now, back to the show. 
So we're done through two. Let's go to metadata. That's your latest day example, the data, yeah. So, so that's where we're defining the different information that needs to be stored about the data so that we can understand what the data actually is telling us. I mean, yeah, you, you are spot on, yeah. That, that's where we, I mean, obviously metadata is like the data of both the data. So, right? so what does it mean in the long run? I mean, Terry and I, we were just talking about it. Length of station is a very good example. If you ask eight different people, they'll give you 10 different definitions on length of stay or something. Yeah. Eight people, 10 definitions. Exactly. And that's pretty accurate. Exactly. So this is where it's not like, no, we are making the call. We are pulling in the right owners. It's more of a, no, let's all get together. This is what how we are going to define metadata for a particular data element or something. Do we agree to it? I mean, it can have 10 different definitions, but do we have a meaningful name? If you ask finance is going to measure rent of state differently than a clinician. It's like, is it like if the patient is over there, over midnight, does it consider one day or is it like butt out or something? What is considered rent of state? So you can have eight different definitions, but are we clearly documenting it? That's the key. So it isn't about getting to one necessarily. Getting to one definition per use case, obviously, right. but here at ClearSense, we believe that there are multiple lenses and there are reasons for multiple definitions. It's our job in data governance to make sure that each definition is owned and documented properly so that people know when to use it. But when you present that data, you want to... Definitions right there with it, right alongside it. Right alongside it. It's all right in the platform. You can pull it into the reports, the dashboards, that's the key. Put a little footnote. Yep. This, is this one includes your in-house population. This one doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's all about that. So that's three. What We'll go with the master and the reference data. Where your data is in multiple places. Oh. And it should be the same and it's not. How do you even identify that? I love this. <laughs> Inventory. You walk into any healthcare organization and say, where is all your data? And they will say... I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> we have a list, the help desk system has a list, but it's not really that up to date. So again, by assigning ownership to the various data sources, metadata is now part of production change control. It's not optional anymore. You will keep an inventory of where your data is. And the master files, provider master, employee master, patient master, we know exactly where they all are and where they're being updated. So we can identify specifically clients master data problem pretty early on with a basic inventory. What's the source of truth then? Depends on the use case. So if I'm building a dashboard for some legal entity, I might want to use the provider's name that's on their medical license. Where if I'm building something for find a doc, an external lookup, maybe I want to use their preferred name. It is very use case dependent. And Multiple this, lenses. Sorry. Yeah. And this exercise gives us to identify who wants, to your point, who wants the definition. The exercise of identifying the master data gets to the point who should be the owner of this. So the organization now knows this is the team or this is the leader I have to reach out to for a specific data element or something. This is no longer like a nice to have. This is a must have especially given this financial pressures that we're looking at, especially given the, I mean, look, just if it was quality alone, and it's a plus. Now I missed two more areas. What were the last two? Quality, and then we have this special analytics community. Yeah. This is more like 
the whole, again, correct me if I'm wrong, this is where the users of the data, there are like, there are teams where are, they are like just happy with basic descriptive analytics, but there are teams who want to get into predictive and prescriptive side of it. So the analytics community decides the hunger across the organization and you know, it gives the right kind of analytics for the right kind of team. So if you have the term shadow IT, Right. Yeah. I've also heard the term self-service analytics. There you go. Okay. So bottom line is we shouldn't be trying to shut that down because we have this supply and demand challenge. What we need to do is enable more of it. So we form an analytics community. We're not changing where people report. We're not necessarily even changing what they do. But if you're the data person in the pharmacy, you now belong to a community that can teach you things that can maybe oh, they already have that report, so you don't have to duplicate it. Or, oh, maybe we only need one census report in our organization instead of 100, right? So when you put them together as a community, magic happens. When we had our EHR go live in our implementation, we, first of all, we had to inventory all of our old reports, and then we had to create them. And from the moment you do that implementation, it like just keeps growing. growing. You never shut anything off, do you? You never shut no, anything you off. No, you don't. And eventually what you end up doing is a an exercise where you're like, all right, start shutting them off and see who complains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in, in the analytics community, we also have a policy where all production solutions are evaluated on a twice a every two years. Is it still valid? Is it still being used? Is it still right? Because you have to label it stuff up. But the community decides that. You bring them all together and they start saying, these are things we need to be doing as a community. Do you get pushback when you're bringing this into an organization where they go, look, I have a full-time job, I can't possibly, and how do you get them on board? We rely heavily on the other areas that are also managing strategic assets who also push this out across the organization, like human resources. Do you have HR things in your job description? Yeah, so do I. I don't work in HR. But I've Okay, so we rely heavily on supply chain, finance, HR to say, yes, when an asset becomes strategic, shows up in everyone's job description, this is how we scale. Every person takes just a little piece. For example, you're the registration clerk in admissions. We're going to give you patient name. You're going to own patient name. And in your own time, you're going to find out how they handle it in the ER when a patient comes in with no identity. Is it Jane Doe, John Doe, what do we do? What do they do in the nursery with newborns that aren't named yet, baby boy, baby girl? What does IT do when they're testing patients? Do they use Mickey Mouse? Like, so she's just a registration person, full time. So just name. Just patient name, just one. So social security number could be. Something else. So she's growing because she now has some horizontal knowledge of patient name across the organization. And she did it in her own time made a few phone calls, sent a few emails, and she owns patient name. Her name is attached to it. So yeah, that's how we do it. And you do that with all key elements of the patient without support. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I quickly want to take a couple of steps back. I mean, you were asking the question about, do you get pushbacks or something? And this is not the first rodeo. We tried data governance, like this is a third or fourth time. We get pushback all the time. And then I was thinking we need industry leader to help us with this engagement. And that's how Terry came into the picture, Clayson's came into the picture. Uh, Terry's heavy healthcare knowledge combined with a clear understanding of the data governance. She took the approach of you know, what she calls it as a data asset management training session. 
So what she did was she went around the organization from managers to directors, VP, senior VPs, C-level. She trained them on what data governance is. If we didn't know, we didn't go around and said, hey, we need to implement data governance. This is how we are going to do it. Instead, she said, why, why we need data governance? So then everybody needs to understand. Exactly. Because it's an asset. But you don't know where it is, and you don't know if it's any good, and you know who's in charge of it. And they're all like, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> connected, the questions were tailored to them, so it's connected to their day-to-day -day problems. And we have a strong buy-in. Yeah, there is a certain kind of pushback, but they know at the end of the day, we are going to help them with their day-to-day -day or like whatever strategy strategy they have, the issues what they face from the data side. So what's enabled now? You have the ClearSense platform in place, this governance model place. What are you able to do now that you weren't able to do a little while ago? We have like Again, they had a very phased approach or something. Terry has a four-phase approach. The first phase is, again, foundation. the foundation. This is like a quiz for you. Exactly, right? right? <laughs> She's putting me in the foundation. spot or something. And uh, no, I think now the uh, foundation and then the next one, I know the engagement and uh, mm -hmm. adoption. Uh, the second phase is uh, awareness. awareness. So, oh, yeah. so at least now the entire organization is aware of uh, why we need data governance, why we need it. and. Again, they have like structured approach all over or something. So now we have identified the folks, we have identified the our council chairs, council members. We have a clean framework for it. And I mean, these guys are not, in fact, they are volunteering to be the council members and stuff like oh, that. So the training has been. It's not a dirty word anymore. Yeah, now right. everybody wants in. So Terry, I'm going to give you the exit question. And it is, we've done a couple of interviews with ClearSets People are going to go, oh, it's intelligent interoperability. Oh, it's a data fabric. Oh, it's a foundation for clinical research. Oh, give us an understanding of, all right, this ClearSense platform, what does it enable for our health system? Because it's not one thing, it's a lot of things. You're going to solve the supply and demand challenge, the imbalance there, because everybody in your organization will become data experts because all of the, the information and knowledge is right inside the tool. So if you can read, you can know your data you inside and out, right? Plus, all your data is going to be there for you, so you don't have to go hunting around for it. So I'm going to say ClearSense is the platform that will elevate your data literacy across the entire organization. And it is designed to support most every use case because it's not just a single use case. We have a thousand of them a day. Sure. It's, right? Yeah. It's, this is about enabling more people to work with data. That's what this is about. Fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate your time and the education that you provided me. It really is fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love the chance to have these conversations. I think if I were a CIO today, I would have every team member listen to a show like this one. I believe it's conference level value every week. If you want to support This Week Health, tell someone about our channels. That would really benefit us. We have a mission of getting our content into as many hands as possible. And if you're listening to it, hopefully you find value. And if you could tell somebody else about it, it helps us to achieve our mission. We have two channels. We have the conference channel, which you're listening to, and This Week Health Newsroom. Check them out today. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast. You get the picture. We are everywhere. We want to thank our keynote partners, CDW, Rubrik, Sectra, and Trellix, who invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.